Man, thank you, brother. Um, have your Bibles turn with me to First Thessalonians, the fourth chapter. If you would, I'm only going to read one verse. Let's all stand as we honor God's word by standing. Only going to read one verse this morning uh, from First uh, Corinthians, the fourth chapter, and I'll be telling you why. I'm, let's all stand. I'll be telling you why I'm only going to read read that one verse. Huh? First Thessalonians, fourth chapter. What did I say? Okay, First Thessalonians, the fourth chapter. I'm sorry. Hey, hello, Joel. How you doing? Joel just waved at me. First Thessalonians, the fourth chapter. I'm only going to read the 18th verse. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you again for your day, for the day. Thank you again for the time that we have together. And Lord, I just pray that you'll see fit to bless us today. We thank you for your word. And, and Lord, I, I do pray that uh, maybe somebody this morning will find comfort in the word of God this morning. Lord, we I see a lot of people that are ant, that are pretty antsy right now, and, and they seem like they are confused about a lot of things in these days. And, Lord, I just pray that maybe something we say today will comfort people down and they'll be more comfortable in, in themselves and, and, and in their Lord that they're serving. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. The title of my message this morning is Words of Comfort. Words of Comfort. The text that I just read to you has much food for thought. Uh, you know, you can, when, when you preach on words for comfort, you can preach anywhere in the Bible because they're, they're found, there's words found in a lot of different places in the Bible as far as words that are comforting words. But the text that I read to you today has much food for thought. The text says, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Now, I, I want to explain to you why I am preaching this message today. Why the Lord led me to this message today. You know, as all, all of you know that's ever been to a funeral, that I, that I preached a funeral at the cemetery, I always use this text in, uh, from 1 Thessalonians 13 to 1 Thessalonians 18. And um, I always use this text at a funeral. But uh, uh, I'm, pre I'm, I'm preaching on this today because I, I do well, I do look at Facebook. Uh, I, I may look at Facebook for maybe different reasons than some of you do. I don't know. Um, but um, I look at Facebook for a lot of things that I see what people are saying. And I do read what people are saying. And, and I do listen to what people are saying when they 
whatever they say on Facebook. And it's like I was telling Kara this morning, she put a good, uh, 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 on there this morning, a good devotion on there this morning about, uh, con- concerning about, uh, 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 people, about the, the one way there is to salvation. And I told her when she come in this morning, I said, uh, Kara, you even had the Armenians amen in you this morning. And she did. And, and uh, some of the things she said, though, they evidently they didn't read them. Because she did say in her text this morning, or what she wrote, I guess she wrote that this morning. Yeah, She said in her text this morning that uh, a lot of people are dependent on a a prayer they prayed uh, and, uh, and uh, such or some prayer they prayed or uh, she didn't say anything about walking a church aisle but a lot of people depend on walking a church aisle too for salvation but um, let me tell you folks salvation is more than just a prayer you pray it's a lot more than just a prayer you pray and, and that's that's what and so what I find when I read what people put on Facebook, I'm trying to say this in a way that I won't offend too many people, but um, what people put on Facebook, a lot of times to me, they're trying to prove to themselves that they're okay. I mean, you, you listen to people, and uh, I've, I've, I've listened to people for many, many years, and you listen to people, and, and you see that... <coughs> A lot of people is trying to prove themselves, trying to prove to themselves that they're okay. And and so I'm hoping this morning that through this message that I am going to bring to you this morning, I'm hoping that you may quit doing that and realize that if you're saved today, you are okay. You know, if you're truly saved, you are okay. You don't have to go every day trying to prove to yourself that you're okay uh, concerning some of these things. Because I tell you, it's, it's a rejoicing thing to just be by yourself and, and alone with the Lord uh, as he is, as, as you're talking to him or, or praying to him and such and, and be alone and know and know that you're okay. Know that you're fine, you, you know, that you don't have to prove yourself every day. You don't have to look up a scripture every day that may help you to prove to yourself that you're a child of God. You don't have to do that because if you're saved, you are a child of God. And, and the problem that people need to listen to today is that the problem is that this is, they need to realize, you know, how they became a child of God. And, and there's only one way you can ever become a child of God. And I, 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 I guarantee you that probably two-thirds of people cannot tell you what the new birth means, what the new birth is. I, I'm serious about that, folks, because uh, I used to ask people, are you saved? And people got too much to where it was easy for them to say, yes, I am. To get you off, get you away from them, get you quit talking to them. But it's it's very hard for people to answer the question: Is have you been born again? 
have you been born again? Let me tell you, folks, if you've been born again, you don't have anything to worry about. You, have, you don't have any reason to be uncomfortable with, with, with yourself as far as salvation is concerned. You have no reason. Now, what, what makes these words comforting? What makes these words comforting he referred to here? He says, wherefore, comfort one another <clears throat> with these words. What makes these words comforting? Well, words such as, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven. Verse 16 of this same text. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven. Now, I want you to understand this. The Lord neither sends a death angel. I've heard people talk about death angels coming and visiting and, 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 and a death angel taking you to, to heaven. The Lord neither sends a death angel nor does he send any other messenger to take his children home. He doesn't do that. <clears throat> the Lord doesn't send a death angel. He doesn't send a messenger to take his children home. This is the reason, and <coughs> somebody may disagree with me here, this is the reason that I believe that paradise still exists. I know that, uh, I know that people, uh, a lot of people don't believe that. There's preachers out there that don't believe that, but there are preachers out there also been uh, been convinced that it is true. Paradise still exists. And when someone dies, they go to either one or two places. They go out in the darkness of Hades or they go to paradise. Now, I'm gonna, you just listen to this message, you'll understand why I'm saying that. There, there is no place in the Bible which teaches that paradise was done away with. You know, you know, everybody says, well, during Father Abraham's day, everybody went to paradise. And, and we, we know that's true. In, in, in Father Abraham's day, when Father Abraham visited the, the rich man in, in Hades, he was visiting the rich man from paradise, and he said, there, he said, you know, there's a great gulf fixed between us, but evidently, that gulf, one could see the other. The people that were in hell could see those in paradise, and I don't think that's true now. I, I, I think that all that was, I think Jesus separated all that, and I believe that he, 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 he fixed that great gulf, to where that man cannot see. In other words, lost people who go to Hades or hell, Hades also is translated grave too. Don't you realize that? But um, that they go to, uh, they, they, when they go to what we call hell today or Hades, they cannot see where lost men or, or saved people are. In paradise, but now let me let me say something else here. You know, we know that lost people go to an unknown world because we know that they're not they're not actually delivered 
to the lake of fire until the, the great white throne of judgment takes place. When the great white, great white throne of judgment takes place, and then those souls that are in paradise, that are in Hades, are called up and they are cast into the lake of fire, which where the Bible says are tormented day and night forever and ever. Now, to say that they're not in torment now is, is not true because Hades has a torment. And one of the greatest torments of Hades, if you study the Bible, y'all going to excuse me because my throat's been sore now for about two weeks. And uh, it's all, I'm not going to go through the whole medical thing of it. But anyway, um, paradise uh, is, um, is, is, I mean, Hades, one of the greatest fears of Hades is darkness, a world of darkness. You know, how, if, I, if I was to ask you, every one of you, to raise your hand that you love to see when the sun comes up, I think everybody in here would love to see it. You know, I, I get up a morning, I get up every morning around 5 o'clock, and it's pitch dark. Now, back in the summer, I got up at 5 o'clock, and it was daylight. But I sit there in my study at home, and I'll sit there in the chair, and I'll watch outside, and when I look outside and it starts getting daylight, praise the Lord. We're always glad to see daylight. We don't, we don't want to stay in darkness. That was one of the great punishments <clears throat> that the Romans had when they put a person in a dungeon. They put them down in a dungeon. There's no light at all. No, no light. <clears throat> and so this place called uh, Hades, or this it's called the unknown world, as it is called, is pure, just pure black darkness. And that's, that's, that's how a person is before they're cast into the lake of fire. The Bible says everything out there that has that, and that unknown darkness is going to give up all of the souls and the spirits that are there, and they're going to gather up, and they're going to be, all of them are going to be tried. See, they haven't even been tried yet. They, they, they haven't, they haven't had their trial yet. And, and they're, they're, they've been in outer darkness all these years, all this time. And they haven't even had a trial yet, but they will get one. They'll get a trial and they'll be called up at the great white throne of judgment. There they will be judged. And everyone that is at the great white throne of judgment is going to be, uh, sent to, sent to the lake of fire, which, 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 uh, where they're tormented day and night, forever and ever. They're going to be sent to that great lake of fire where the devil was sent, where the, his followers were sent, all of his angels. All of his angels were sent to that place. All, every, all those who followed the devil were sent to that place. Now, let, let me tell you, this is um, saved people are going to be judged too. This, I'm trying to get all this straight with you. I know some of you may not agree with this, but I can't help it. Yeah, I can't help you if you don't, because I'm telling you. Uh, they're sent, they, they're going to have a trial too. Every one of them. Every one of them that, 
Everyone that has died <clears throat> up to that day is going to have a trial. Why do I say that? Because the book of John says, he talks about the, gra- the, the, the graves giving up the dead that's in them at the first judgment. But then he talks about another judgment in the book of John. That other judgment in the book of John is when, is when all of the lost are called up to judgment. Judgment is where they determine, and I, I do believe, and I believe according to what Christ said, I do believe that there are, there are different parts of hell. What, what did Jesus tell those Pharisees that went around and, and they taught untruth all their lives? They preached it. And what about preachers today that just continually preach untruth today? Those Pharisees, Jesus told them, what were they going to receive? He told them. He told them they were going to receive the greater damnation. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean? What that means to me is that hell has different phases of torment. And, and that these people who are, who are hypocrites, which you find a lot of hypocrites among a lot of so-called Christian people today, you find a lot of hypocrites, and those hypocrites are going to, going to go, going to receive the greater damnation. Cause that's what Jesus called those Pharisees. He called them hypocrites. And he told them, he said, you're going to receive the greater damnation. So why, why not all hypocrites today? What you were writing about this morning. Why not all hypocrites today? Why, why don't they, uh, 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 why wouldn't they go to, uh, uh, the greater damnation? So there is a greater damnation as far as we, we concern. <clears throat> he comes, the souls and the spirits go into paradise until that day of judgment. But how do they get there? He comes, he comes himself to get them. That's what paradise is. He comes himself. I mean, that's, that's what the, that's what, not paradise, but that's what the rapture is. He comes himself and, and to get them. And, uh, well, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven. He's going to call them up. He comes himself to get them. It is the same Jesus that ascended up after Pentecost as the disciples watched. It was the two men that stood by them in white apparel and said, You men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. So he's coming back someday. He's coming back someday. Now, you want some kind of comfort, you believe that. He's coming back someday, and he's going to receive all of his children up. Now, though, what does Paul say in 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter? Those spirits and those souls are going to be reunited with the body that the Lord's going to give them, the, the incorruptible body. They're going to reunite with the body, and then they're going to be judged. 
not, not judged as far as salvation is concerned. They're going to be judged according to their works. They're going to be judged, and then they're going to be sent to, they're going to go to heaven. Now, are there different phases of heaven? Paul says it was. Paul said he was called up into, what, what did he say, the seventh heaven? What, what's the first heaven? What's the second heaven? What's the third heaven? What's the fourth heaven? What's the fifth heaven? Well, the best I've studied and best I understand is that if you look out into there, there's layers. There's layers out there of, of the of the atmosphere. There's layers out there. There's there's the first layer we see. Then there's the second layer, the third layer, the fourth layer, the fifth layer. And we all we all believe that heaven is up. But we also believe that all hell is down. So in, in essence, what do we have here? We have the great comfort that the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven. Jesus teaches us, and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man. Why why are all the tribes going to mourn? Why are they going to mourn? Because they rejected the very Messiah that was sent to them. They rejected him. And, and, and they're going to mourn. He's talking, referring to the Jews. And they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Matthew 24 and verse 30. He said, he said they're going to see him. And they're going to mourn when they see him. Because that's when the fact is that Every knee's going to bow and every tongue's going to confess that Jesus is the Lord because the one they rejected, the very Messiah they rejected is the Messiah that they're going to see and, 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 it's, and they're going to uh, be sorry that, that they did. But let me t- tell you this. What a comforting sight this will be in these days of uncertain troubles. I tell you, if the Lord was come back before I get done with this message, it would just pray. I just praise God if He would come back. That's going to be a great. That's going to be a great comforting thing in these days of trouble when the Lord's going to come back and get us. How many of you pray, Lord? Even so, come soon. Even so, come now, Lord. I've even heard some of you say, "Well, maybe the Lord will come back before I have to face this or that." When, when the Lord comes back, that's going to do away with a lot of our troubles. A lot of them. You know, we, we don't, we, we, we're not going to need to go around and try to prove to ourselves that we're saved. Whoever He calls up, when He comes in the rapture, they're the saved. They're going to be the saved. And who, who's He going to call up? All those that have been born again. All those that have been born again. All those that were chosen before the foundation of the world. Those are the ones he's going to call up 
to meet him in the air. Let me tell you some more blessed things. Why we should not be in ignorance over those that have gone before us. I know, I know we're in ignorance of that because we don't know what happened. Those bodies are buried out there in a grave and even people go to that grave and they talk to that carcass. I mean, I know they do. I know people do it. I know people that's done it. They go to that grave and they talk to that carcass that's been buried in the ground. But why should we be in ignorance? Why we should not be in ignorance over those who have gone before us? We should not be in ignorance about them, nor should we be in sorrow about them. Why? Why is that? We should not be in sorrow about them. For if we believe Jesus died and rose again, even so them also would sleep in Jesus, will God bring with him, verse 14. This is that text I'm telling you about. Verse 14 of that text. He says, and if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them which also sleep in Jesus, will God bring with him. They may, there, there's probably some of us standing here is going to be asleep in Jesus. Our body is going to be somewhere. I don't know where. My dad always said, after the Lord saved my dad, my dad always said, I don't care what you do with this body. He said, you can feed it to the hogs if you want to. I don't care. He said, you can feed it to the vultures. He said, I tell you, just take my body out there. My dad said, just take my body out there and lay it out there in the field. He said, them bushels will soon eat it up. Why would he say something like that? Because he believed that Jesus died and rose again. And he believed, my dad believed when he died that every person that died in Jesus is going to come forth out of that grave. Now, we must take comfort today. We must take comfort today. If the Lord himself shall descend with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, the dead in Christ shall rise first. All of them is going to come up first. Now listen, don't, don't, don't miss this part of it. Because if you're, if you're, if you're dumbfounded on something I said earlier, don't miss this part of it. Will not that be a wonderful sight to see daddy, mama, and all our loved ones' graves break open and they arise to meet him in the clouds when they will be reunited with their soul and spirit? Uh oh. That's getting us back where somewhere now. You believe we're going to see those graves open up? You believe we're going to see those incorruptible bodies that's going to come out of those graves? I don't know what they're going to look like. I don't know if my daddy and mama's going to look like daddy and mama look like. You don't know it either. But those graves, they're going to, they're going to come up out of those graves. And let me tell you another blessing. Why we should not be afraid 
for ourselves. Here's the key to it right now. Why we should not be afraid for ourselves. The Bible clearly teaches that we, that is those that are truly saved, which are alive and remain, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and shall we ever be with the Lord. Now, if you're still alive, living, and your daddy and mama's grave open up, you're going to go up with them. You're here on this earth. You're going to go up with them. <laughs> that won't be a wonderful thing. Won't that be a wonderful thing, all of you, daddy, mom, and all of you get to go up together? Whether, whether you're in the grave or whether you're still alive, you're going to go up, you're going to go up with them. Same time they go up, you're going to go up. Is that just talking about an elite few? What about the elite whites? We, we hear so much today about elite, elitism when it comes to whites and rich people. Jesus already said what he thinks about rich people. We call them elite whites, but let me tell you folks, they won't be in any elitism that day. I don't care you be the poorest person ever was, you're going to get to go up with them if you're saved. You're going to get to go up in the sky. I don't know how it's going to be, but I'm just telling you what the Bible teaches. You're going to be called up to, be, to meet them with them in the air. And you all of you are going to meet the Lord. What's, what do you think is going to happen then? Read, read 1 Corinthians 15. What do you think is going to happen then? That's when they're going to have the judgment. They're going to have judgment of all the saved. And then later on, they're going to have judgment of all the lost. What about all the lost that go? Will their grace break open? No, not at that time. Not at that time, at a later time, after, after the thousand-year reign of Christ, all those graves are going to break open, those lost people. And they're going to be called up to do what? Same thing as the saved people, to be judged. The only problem is they're going to be judged at the great white throne of judgment. Now, I'm going to tell you, if, you, if, if, you, if you're not saved today, you better be thinking about it. better be thinking about it. Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, Behold, I show you a mystery. A mystery. I'm going to show you a mystery. How many mysteries have we seen? How many mysteries have you seen? I tell you, the new birth was a great mystery to me. All of a sudden, one day, I'm making fun and throwing rocks at preachers and cussing preachers. And, and, and driving a motorcycle up on the porch and not letting Christian people out of the church building. What do you think happened to me? What happened to me in March of 1967? What happened to me when Brother Jim Jeffries came and talked to me? What happened to me? There's something happened to me in that day. And I didn't learn until a long time after that the great mystery of the new birth. That's the new birth. 
That's a new birth. It changed you, Jim. When you came out of that garage that morning and told me there's something wrong with me, I remember it. I remember it just as much as anything. What's wrong with me? And all of a sudden, Brother Jim went through a change. That's a new birth, brother. That's a new birth. What a wonderful thing it is. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. At the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, this mortal must put on immortality. Boy, I tell you, where are we going to be headed for? Where are all of us going to be headed for? Heaven. Heaven. Heaven, that great place, that great place where the redeemed are going to live. That great place where the Lord went before us and, and, and brought up mansions for us. That great place, we're all going to be going there. The people that's in the grave aren't going to go there any faster than we are. Because when, when God opens up those graves in a twinkling of an eye, if you're still living that day, you're going to be changed in the twinkling of an eye. Just like that, you're going to be changed. And you're going to just leave this earth. There have been church services we've had here that I thought the rapture came because a lot of people didn't show up. We're going to be changed. People are going to say, where would old brother Paul Jackson go? Where would he go? I just was talking to him. Somebody says, did he die? No, I never heard where he died or not. What happened to him? Brother Sam, I don't know that me and you will be living when that day comes. But if we are, what happened to him? What happened to Sam Henry? I know Sam Henry was... There one day, I know he was there, but what happened to him? He's gone. What a mystery. He's gone. What happened to him? He just disappeared off the face of the earth. You want comfort? That's comfort. That's comfort to know. The new birth brought about a mysterious change. Brought about a mysterious change in people. But then the rapture brings about a mysterious change in all those that are on the earth, too, that are saved. What a great blessing that is. You have never been to a reunion as great as this one. That's a reunion. We talk about wanting to get with mom and daddy. If mom and daddy was saved, truly saved, we want to get with mom and daddy, that's the day when we'll have that great reunion. That great reunion day is going to come. What a great blessing that is. I know people have stayed home, stayed out of the Lord's house to go to a reunion of sinful people. But this is going to be a reunion of righteous people, a reunion of the redeemed when they're all going to meet somewhere out there 
in all eternity. They're, going to, they're all going to meet. And they're all going to be judged according to the works they did here on the earth. What a great blessing that's going to be. The Bible teaches that we will ever be with the Lord. We'll ever be with the Lord. We will not be worrying about those who are not saved as we do today. We'll be worried about those anymore. Praise God. What a redemption. Praise God. That's a redemption. That is redemption. That is redemption. You know, we're, we're walking toward redemption right now. That is redemption. You'll say, well, I may be in the grave. So what? That's still the day of redemption. You say, well, I might still be alive. So what? That's going to be your day of redemption. That's the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord. What a great day that is. Why you worry about yourself? Why are you so ignorant about your own salvation? Why? Why do we do that? I've been preaching and pastoring soon be 54 years. I'm still a sinner. I remember David Collier saying that when he put on their tombstone, a sinner saved by grace, or he put on sinners saved by grace, because he knew he eventually one day going to be right there with Patty. He put on our sinners saved by grace, and people called him. But David said people called him on the phone at New Patty, and said she said Patty was never a sinner. David said, "Oh yes, she was." Brother Paul Jackson was never a sinner. Oh yes, he is. I hate myself every day because of sin. I, I look forward to the time when, when we can reunite with those that have gone on before us. And we can forget about those sins that we committed. And we can wait till the Lord brings them up to us. We, we won't have any answer for him. You might say, how am I going to answer him? You'll be destitute and answer you're going to be standing there naked and, 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 and you, don't have, you don't have anything to offer to the Lord because of your sinful life that you lived after you were saved. He's going to be the one that's going to tell you that you're going to lose rewards. God has laid up many, many rewards. What's the greatest reward that God's laid up for his children? I may be preaching this tonight. I don't know, all the way through tonight. What's the greatest reward the Lord is going to give to every one of us? To be his bride. Won't that be a wonderful thing? Won't that be a wonderful thing? The Lord says, I'm going, we're going to, you're going to be my bride. We already know. I know there's some that believe different about that. But I do believe that when the God chose his children in Christ, he knew who he had chosen to be the bride of his son. Just like Abraham, when Isaac was to get married, what did Abraham do? He sent his one of his servants out to pick out a bride for Isaac. Isaac didn't pick his own bride out. Abraham sent one of his servants to pick out his bride for him. 
That's the same way the Lord's done for us. The Lord has already chosen Jesus' bride. And praise God, some of us might just be in it. What a great blessing that is. Now, I can't help it. You know, I don't care who listens to this out there. I can't help it that we got people out there teaching that you have to live a almost a perfect life if you want to be in the bride of Christ. That doesn't say that anywhere in the Bible. Like I asked one preacher one time, I said, well, how long does a person have to live a perfect life? Five years? Two years? Ten years? You know, let me tell you, folks, God's already got all that set up. God knows right this morning. He knows right this morning which one of you are going to be in a bride of Christ. Or which one of us, let me say, is going to be in a bride of Christ. He already knows. He knows who he chose for that. You'll say, well, I know we've got a lot of people out there that commit a lot of sin. That's true. But those people who have been faithful to God all their life, I believe they're going to be in the bride of Christ. You know what we've got today? A lot of unfaithful, quote-unquote, Christians. A lot of Christians that don't know which way is is the right way. Christians, quote-unquote, that don't know which way is the right way. We've gotten so liberal. We have gotten so liberal about Christianity, it's pitiful. We've gotten so liberal that we believe everybody's saved. We believe everybody that dies is saved. Preachers preaching at funerals, everybody that dies is saved. But that's certainly not true. I don't know what your condition is this morning, but I want to have Brother Reggie come and Sister Carmen to come, and Brother Reggie will turn off this <coughs> this uh, <coughs> streaming up here, and I'm going to